Psalm 127, and if you'll just kind of, now I think there's one on, just, just, just one, that's all we want. I think it's already on. So Psalms 127, and as you're finding that, if you'd be so kind to turn your cell phones on vibrate or on mute, that would be a help. If you're watching online, we want you to turn your phones on mute as well. In case they're real loud, we don't want to hear them from your house. So uh, Psalms 127. And if you'll uh, kind of help me with the message this morning. From time to time, there's a message that is preached that may be more geared toward one group than another. And so, for instance, if I preached on marriage and you're not married, I hope you don't just turn it off because truth is truth. And whatever you hear, you may use it to give advice to your kids or grandkids or friends. And so sometimes I, I, I try being the pastor and trying to cover stuff that kids need all the way to 99-year-olds need and, and relate to everybody all at the same time. Only the Lord can do that. And so today with it being Baby Dedication Day, I want to bring a message uh, toward those that either are working with kids, have kids, have grandkids, have nieces and nephews. Uh, you know kids, you've seen a kid. And, and so that's kind of who the message will be uh, toward. So please don't just turn me off. You're, uh, yeah, I'm seventh grade, I, you know, I'm 20 years from having kids, and, and I don't uh, I need it. It'll be something. At least, if nothing else, you'll find out what your parents did wrong. How about that? And you can write to your parents and say, hey, just want you to know you didn't raise me right or something. So here we are, Psalm chapter 127, and I'll be very uh, careful about the time this morning. 127, and let's stand if you're able, please, in honor of God's word. And I'll read out loud if you could maybe follow along here. And it says, except the Lord build the house. And he's not talking about a physical house. He's talking about a family. They labor in vain that build it. Except the Lord keep the city. Like Jonathan prayed, keep, keep you safe. The watchman waketh but in vain. It is vain for you to rise up early and to sit up late to eat the bread of sorrows. For so he giveth his beloved sleep. God doesn't want you losing sleep over your kids. That's what he's saying, or grandkids. Lo, children are an heritage of the Lord, and the fruit of the womb is his reward. As arrows are in the hand of a mighty man, so are children of the youth. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. Quiver is what you put arrows in. Uh, many people argue about how big quivers are. You know, some people, their quiver holds 12. Some people, their quiver holds one. And it's, and it's full either way. Happy is the man that hath his quiver full of them. They shall not be ashamed, but they shall speak with the enemies in the gate. That's a great, great chapter to meditate on. Let's pray. Father, bless now what is said. Help hearts to be touched and our lives to be changed with truth. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you. You may be seated. The longer I live, I realize how so few people know how to raise good kids. 
defined by the Bible. And I believe sometimes it's because they've never seen a biblical marriage or children biblically raised. A dysfunctional home has a hard time turning out functional people. Well, let's just vote real quick. And we're not railing on our parents, but who would say, and you don't have to vote, who would say your parents didn't know a whole lot about this book when they raised you? My hand is up. And it's okay. My dad's watching me in heaven. It's okay. He's not mad at me. We get our information on raising kids. Here's where we get it. We get it from fortune cookies, pop culture, how we were raised, Oprah, Dr. Phil, our friends, and our own thoughts. That's kind of how we get our philosophy on how we're going to raise our kids. Years ago, a woman called the church office and asked if we did counseling. I said, yes, we do that. We don't charge. She said, well, I got a four-year-old that needs counseling. I said, really? Yes. He jumps on me. He scratches me. He screams. He throws things. He's demon-possessed. I said, ma'am, isn't, aren't all four-year-olds demon-possessed? Anyway, she said, can I bring him in? I said, bring him in. She brought him in. And as soon as that kid walked in my office, he started knocking things off my uh, uh, bookshelf and, and started hollering and screaming. I said, hey, sit down. And that little boy sat down. I said, ma'am, what does this kid eat for breakfast? She says, candy bars, sodas, sugar frosted flakes. I can't, he, he just eats whatever he wants. I said, whoa. I said, is there any discipline in the home? Do you ever tell him no? Do you have any rules? Do you, do you discipline a, a, a spank or, or a timeout? Or, uh, do you do anything? No, we don't. we don't. We don't inhibit him. And I'm looking at this kid. And I finally looked at the lady. I probably shouldn't have said it. I said, ma'am, I don't believe the kid has the demon. I believe his mother does. <laughs> so she stormed out of the office. Thank the Lord. She did take the child with her. And... Uh, I lived happily ever after. <laughs> the devil's goal is to alienate people from God. And then if he can do that, his goal is to alienate parents from each other. Then if he can't do that, his goal is to alienate the children from their parents. Because God formed the family. He made the family, put Adam and Eve in the same garden, said, reproduce, have kids. And so he's pro-marriage. He's pro-family. And Satan is into dividing and tearing apart. There's great examples in this Bible of young kids that serve the Lord. I think of Jeremiah. God said early on to him, before... I formed thee in your mother's belly. I knew thee. And I ordained thee to be a prophet to the nations. God said to Jeremiah, I got a plan for your life. You're not an accident. <coughs> Excuse me. You're a human being. I planned you. I love you. I made you. I think of Samuel. His mother prayed for him to be born. And he was born. And as a little child, 
he heard God calling him, Samuel, Samuel. And it was so real to him, he thought it was the priest calling his name. And he said, speak, Lord, thy servant heareth. And he served the Lord as a servant all of his life. I think of young Timothy, his mother, and sometimes I mix it up, Lois and Eunice. His grandmother was a Christian. His mother was a Christian. They both taught him the holy scriptures as a child. And the scripture said it made him wise unto salvation. So young Timothy accepted Christ when he was a little bitty boy. And he knew he would go to heaven. I think of Moses. He was supposed to be aborted uh, uh, there at birth. It was a law. Not all laws in America will end up being godly laws one day. And so Pharaoh said, every young child born, every boy will be killed. And the parents said, we're not going to do it. And they hit him and finally had to put him in a little ark, a little uh, ark of bulrushes and put him at the river. And uh, it was a great plan. And he was raised by Pharaoh's daughter, drawn out his name Moses, and he served God. The Bible says he chose the reproach of Christ over the riches of and the pleasures of sin there in Egypt. I think of David. He became a warrior when he was young, killed a bear, killed a lion, and then killed Goliath as a youth because he had a great God. But I think also of King Josiah. His grandmother was a wicked woman. When her husband died, she wanted to become the king, so she had all the relatives killed, all of her kids and grandkids killed. Well, they grabbed Josiah and they hit him and he became a great king. Here he is, age six years old and God started using him as the king of Israel. A lot of great, great stories. I want to say this, if you're a parent right now or a grandparent, if you're going to turn out good kids, you're going to need the Lord. You're not going to do it by yourself. You can get all the self-help books you want to, read all these books and, and do everything. You're going to have to have the Lord. Accept the Lord, build the house. And you're going to have to ask him to help you. Number two, uh, you're going to need this book right here. This is the greatest child-rearing book that there is, even above Clint Cavanagh's book, because it's the Bible. It tells us what to do. Number three, you're going to have to train. Uh, it's not just going to be, well, pastor, I brought my child to church about once a month and I don't know why they didn't turn out. No, you're going to have to train at home. Every Sunday we give you homework. Home is, uh, you take what's uh, said here, you bring it home and you work it and it works. Uh, there's, uh, 30 minutes is not enough for the pastor to raise your kids every week. Uh, it's going to have to be hour. It's, it's, it's going to have to be Monday and Tuesday at your house. Talks, Bible open, training, correcting, uh, talking about life, uh, 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 practicing. It, it's called tra train up a child in the way he should go. And when he is old, he will not depart from it. Those of you that are having children or have young children right now, you're going to have to make a decision. That child is not going to keep us out of church. How many times in 38 years I've seen couples and they're in church and they're serving God. And then God gifts them with a little baby. Now the nursery's not clean enough. They can't come to church for eight months. And then they hadn't had their shots and they need this and they need that. And pretty soon the whole family's out. God didn't give you a baby to keep you out of church. But to train that child, that's what he did. The Bible says in Joshua 24, 15, Joshua said, as for me... 
and my house, we will serve the Lord. Joshua spoke up and said, I'll be the leader. And I'm telling you, my wife's going to serve the Lord. My kids are going to serve the Lord. Everyone at our address is going to serve the Lord. Uh, we're setting the direction. So many kids don't know who they're going to serve. Uh, dad's never said it. Mom's never said it. Sometimes we're going to serve the Lord. Sometimes we're not. He said, we're going to serve the Lord. Now, I want to give you several thoughts here. And uh, uh, they'll be quick and, and just uh, 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 many points, but just some, just some tips and some thoughts. Now, again, I got saved when I was uh, uh, 12 years of age. So I've been a Christian 53 years. I accepted Christ. I've seen a lot of people. I've been in church since I was seven. And that means like Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, revival meeting. I mean, in church, we never dropped out of church. Our family always went to church. So I've seen a lot in 57 years. I've seen a lot of people come, a lot of people go, seen a lot of kids born, a lot of kids grow up, graduate from high school, uh, uh, seen them have kids and them have kids, and, and on and on. So I just want to tell you what works and what doesn't work. I'm just telling you. Number one. Why do we lose some of these good kids? And by the word good kid, it could be your kids. It could be kids you're influencing. It could be kids that ride the bus. It could be kids in your Sunday school class. It could be uh, 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 grandchildren, people you're trying to help. Why do we lose them? Number one, we get too old, too tired, and too lazy. The time to have kids, if you can, is in your 20s. You know why? You got some energy. That's why usually grandparents do not make great parents. If you're having to raise your grandkids, thank God you're willing to do that. It's not easy. Why? You don't have the energy. It's like, hey, stop doing it. Hey, stop catching our house on fire. Hey, don't do it. Hey, stop. Hey, stop. Stop. Stop beating up your. Hey, hey. All right. Well, anyway, I got stuff to do. It's. When you're young, it's, hey, you give me that right now. Wow, 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 wow. Sit down right now. Don't you touch, don't you pull it and say, yeah, time out. Man, you're on it. You got energy. But sometimes we get old, lazy. It was Eli raised his two sons, Hophni and Phinehas. The Bible says Eli was like 98 years old. And his kids were tearing up the church and they were immoral. And it says, and Eli restrained them not. He didn't, he didn't hold them back. Why? No energy. You can't be lazy, parents. You have to be diligent. Diligent. Own it all the time. Consistent. Follow through. Own that thing. Watching all the time. Number two. I didn't like that point either. Well, let me give you this, this quote. Jeffrey Dahmer. You remember? The mass murderer. The cannibal. Kill people, all that stuff. Here's a quote from his dad. He was drifting. I wasn't there. Can't be missing. You got to be there. Number two, empty homes, idle time. Empty homes, idle time. Where's dad? Well, he's always gone. You know, he's climbing the ladder. Success. He's hardly ever home. Not good. Where's mom? Well, she needed to get a job so we could have more things. So who's watching the kids? I'm talking to the adults for a moment. Did you ever do something crazy or dangerous and your parents never knew about it? I'm seeing a lot of guilty, especially the men right now. Get out of here. Stop shaking your head, Mike Leontini. 
Did my parents know I was in a truck doing 142 miles an hour, playing freeze out, windows down, air conditioner on, taking our shirts off? Did they, did they know about that? No, they weren't around. <laughs> did they know as a teenager we borrowed two barricades with those beacons on them and put them on a church member's roof <laughs> so Santa would know where they lived? Why was that? Idle time. Idle time is the devil's workshop. The Bible says, A child left to himself bringeth his mother to shame. Kids embarrass their mothers. They don't embarrass their fathers. The mother, oh, I feel so embarrassed. My kid did that. Not dads. They just say, I'm going to kill him after church. No embarrassment. I'm just going to kill him after church. Number three, influences unguarded. Influences unguarded. Old story, I'll tell it quickly. When we built the two-story building that we have here, we had, I believe, and I don't think I have it wrong, it was either nine or 16 cement trucks coming. We had all the rebar in. If you don't know what that is, see any of our contractors, they'll educate you on that. It was all tied up, ready to go. Cement trucks are pulling in. You hear beep, beep, beep. You know, they're putting all the cement. And then the guys are, you know, with the trowels. And then they've got the, you know, the long poles. And, you know, they're evening it out. And the trucks are leaving. And the cement's poured. The foundation's here. And everyone's leaving. And I'm ready to go home. Long day. I look out there and there's one guy left. I said, uh, did you miss your ride? He said, no, sir. I said, you need me to take you home? No, sir. I said, why are you still here? He said, I'm guarding the cement. Smart aleck me. I said, I don't think anybody's going to take it. I, I, I mean, it's, it's pretty heavy. It's, you know, it's pretty set up right now. I said, really, why are you here? He said, I don't want anybody writing on it. I don't want any dogs running across it. I don't want bicycles going across it. Because we sign our name to this. This is our work. So I'm here till it gets hard. And here's our kids. They're wet cement. Moldable. Moldable. Farmable. We can't just pour it and say, well, they're good to go. We've got to guard them. Influences unguarded. The word influence comes from the word poured into. So here's a cup. Half filled with water, here's more water poured into. Influences are people that pour their thoughts, their values, their words, their life into our kids. What are some of the top influences that influence our kids? Their friends. Do you know who your kids' friends are? Well, they're playing with some new kid down the street. Who's the new kid? What's the new kid believe? How's the new kid act? How's the new kid speak? What words does the new kid use? What's on the new kid's cell phone? Uh, what is the new kid smoking? What is the new kid drinking? What is the new kid inhaling? Friends, school, teachers, television, music, Media. No kid ought to be listening to music that talks about immorality. No kid ought to be listening, no Christian kid ought to be listening to music that talks about 
curse words and it's laced with curse words and anger and talking about killing people and doing a lot of other wicked things. Music, media, chat rooms, video games, pornography, cell phones, all these things influence us. This is in a book. It's uh, called Winning With Your Kids. Every, every parent has to decide, where are my kids going to get schooled? Are they going to get an education? Am I going to homeschool? Are they going to go to a Christian school? Are they going to go to a public school? Ask yourself these questions. Do I know my child's teacher? They're with your child seven hours a day. Do you even know who they are? Do they attend church? Are they anti-American? Does the teacher engage in immorality? Does the teacher listen to and promote rebellious music and movie stars? Does the teacher curse? Do they undermine the authority of the parents? Do they promote a gay lifestyle? Do they dress immodestly? Does the school we put our kids in teach these lies? There is no life after death. When you're dead, you're dead. Religion is a crutch. Science has disproved the Bible. We must protect and love our mother earth. Animals and humans are equal. There is no God. There was no creation. There was a big bang that no one ever heard, but it happened. Everything evolved. The Bible is merely a book. You might be born gay. Drinking liquor is acceptable. Premarital sex is normal. There are no absolutes. All music has value, and no music is wrong to listen to. It is not wrong to live together as long as you love each other. You are your own God. You decide what is right and what is wrong. It is acceptable to end the life of an unborn baby if you feel it is best for you. It is okay to promote homosexual lifestyles in the school, but it is not okay to promote religion. Many of our founding fathers were abusive slave owners who are not worthy of our study or honor. America has always been a mean bully nation telling other countries how to live when it is none of our business. What influences or influencing our kids? It takes one generation of lies passed down to the children for them to kick, kick to the curb everything we've ever stood for. Influences unguarded. Number four, inconsistent days. Why would we lose? How could we lose some good kids in consistent days? Well, we'll be back after the summer. We won't be here all summer. You know, we got, it's inconsistent days. David had one affair in his whole life. He cheated on his wife one time. He lived to be 70. And you see all the carnage and wreckage from that inconsistent days. It was a limelight. He said, look, I hope there's a church in Moab. We're going to move. And they moved to another country. Soon he lost his life. His kids married the heathen. His sons died. And his wife was left in poverty. Inconsistent days. Folks, the time to live for yourself is not why you have kids at the house. It's not the time. Well, I got to think of me. No, stop thinking of you. You want to start thinking of God and thinking of them. Number next. A house divided. A house divided. Jesus said a house divided shall fall. Division. Mom and dad have to be on the same page. 
got to be on the same page. Uh, grandparents, it'd be good if grandparents, mom and dad were all on the same page. Got to be on the same page. I didn't have time to get a couple to come up here. But oftentimes I'll do a marriage seminar and I'll have the husband read from this page. And I'll have the wife read from the other page at the same time. It's all garbled. You can't make sense of it. And neither can the kids. Well, mom thinks this is okay. Well, dad says we can't do this. Well, mom says this is okay. Uh, uh, well, when dad's gone, mom says we can do this. You better get on the same page. And how are you going to do that? You're going to have to get in the same book. This book puts you on the same page. That's what unison is. You can't have division. Well, dad would sneak off and he'd sneak us some beer at night and mom was going to church. No, you can't do that. Uh, Mom and dad need to be in church. Uh, uh, They ought to be on the same page, united front. So important. You say, how come? Because usually the kids will choose the weaker parent. But dad doesn't make us do this. And there's no curfew at dad's house. And there's inconsistent days, a house divided. Number next unfaithfulness to church because it's not a priority. I still remember as a little kid, I still got pictures. I'm in a suit and it was kind of this beige looking suit. I was, I guess, seven years of age. I had one suit and one tie. That was for Sunday because mom made it big to go to church. California is not a big deal. And, and anyone can come to this church. It's not about fashion, but for us in the South, you dressed up to go to church. And so I had a suit, I had, I had church clothes, I had work clothes, I had school clothes, and it, was, and it was a big thing. We were on time, we went to church, we never missed a service. My parents, once dad got saved, they were glad to go to church. David says, I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. They weren't fighting and feuding in the car all the way to church and fighting and feuding all the way home. And it was just, man, hey, hey, we went to church today. It was exciting. It was King Josiah, the Bible said, they hid him in the house of the Lord. You know, a good place to be for kids is the house of God. You say, well, you can't shelter them from everything. Isn't it funny though? We buy plants that are in plant nurseries. We shelter plants. We, uh, we don't just put them out in the elements and let them freeze and die. We shelter little plants. Why? Because they're not ready yet for all the elements. Great place to have kids. Sunday morning, every kid ought to be behind bars. If they're like age two and under in the nursery, behind bars. That'll be in church. Well, my kid doesn't like church. But maybe if the parents like church, he would like church. Well, let me finish. Five people looked at your watch, so I added five minutes per, per watch, so 20 more minutes. Here we, here we go. I'm just kidding. Quickly, not guarding against the sins of youth. David says, remember not the sins of my youth. Some sins start in the youth. You've got to be looking for it. They take root. They become habits. What are these sins? Lips. What? Whining, back talk. Number two, lying. Check out the stories. Where were you? I didn't see you. So and so. You want to check those things out. Remember not the sins of my youth. Here's another one. Lust. Parents, you do understand 
pornography can come over a cell phone. I mean, you do understand these things, right? Cell phones can have pornography on them. And sometimes curious boys and curious teenagers have a hard time saying no, not looking at that. You don't want that to be a sin, a habit, uh, an addiction that starts in there. You, you want to guard that all the time. Here's another one. Losing it. Temper. Temper. Letting our kids throw temper tantrums. They throw on the, jump on the floor. They're going to hold their breath. They're kicking and screaming at the grocery store. Hey, you better control that. What are they going to do when they're 16? And they don't get their way. They're going to shoot up a school. They're going to burn a building down. What are they going to do? You're going to have to watch that. Brother Krista Brits, if you're listening online, pray for me right now. Because i got to finish this message. Okay. I don't even hear him. He's probably asleep right now. What do we do? We fail and we quit. Mickey Mantle. Here we are. Baseball illustration. He was good friends with Yogi Berra. Yogi Berra's son was friends with the players. Mickey Mantle stood up to, to bat and he struck out. He sat down on the bench. Yogi Berra's little boy sat down next to him. He said, Mickey. Mickey Mantle looked at him. He said, you stink. <laughs> Sometimes we fail, so we just quit. Well, my kid didn't turn out right. I'm just not coming back to church. Hey, get to that thing. As long as a child is breathing, there is hope that God can bring them back to himself. Number next, we won't confront. Our kids are heading down a dangerous path. They're doing something they shouldn't and we won't confront them. Samson, wicked Samson, immoral with all these women. His daddy's name was Manoah. It means quiet. You never one time see Manoah rebuking and correcting his son. You got to say something. Sometimes it's going to be, all right, powwow time. All the kids out of the room and junior, we need to have a talk. Here it is. Sit down, son. Let me tell you something. You got to confront. I still remember one time one of my daughters liked somebody when they were a teenager. I was not really excited about the somebody they liked. Called them in the room after church one night. I just handed them, just very subtle, me. I handed her a box of tissues. And she said, what's this for, Dad? I said, you're going to need them. Yeah. What? I said, you and so-and-so is history. What? What? But dad, but, but, but dad, and crocodile tears. Don't let those tears fool you, parents. Hey, they cry now or you cry later. You know what's best. Your kid doesn't know what's best for themselves. You do and the Bible does. Better not to be a buddy now, but be a true friend now and be a real friend later. You're trying to prevent, uh, they don't see, they don't see the path you've gone down. They don't have the years of experience. You're trying to get them to maneuver through some landmines. Not only that, this too, wishy-washy decisions. Why do we lose some good kids? Because we make wishy-washy decisions. Like what? Here it is. Well, pastor, this is my last Sunday. What? Yep. We're moving. We're moving to Palm Springs. Well, okay, so why? They're paying me a dollar more an hour. 
Is there a church? I'm sure we can find one. You're leaving everybody you know for a dollar. For a dollar. How would that be if today I said, I'm resigning today. There's a church in Powell, Tennessee, wants me to be their pastor, and they're paying me $10,000 a month, and I just think it's a lot. You would say, pastor. Well, how come I can't say that about you? Okay, moving right. This is not a good sermon. We will not preach this. Every 38 years, we're going to preach this one. How about that one? Number next, quickly. Sometimes people lose their kids because they get sideways with the pastor. Pastor's not always right. But when you have an issue with the pastor and you don't resolve it, every time you sit in the pew, it's, I know why he said that. He didn't look my way. He didn't shake my hand. And you just start building this case. And so everything that is preached rolls right off the duck's back. You're going to have to resolve that thing. Resolve it. Moving right along. Forget that one too. How about this one? No one is praying. Who prays for your kids? No, I don't want to see your hand. Put your hand down, Arden. That's a, it's a rhetorical question. Okay. If the parents and the grandparents and the friends aren't praying for the kids, I bet nobody is. Years ago, I asked Lisa Pertell. Her daddy's Jerry Pertell, great friend of ours. I said, Lisa... You've been in church your whole life. You love God. I've known you since you were like 15. You ran for mayor of your city. I said, why have you turned out? Why did you decide to serve the Lord? She said, because I'd come into the living room late at night and I'd see my daddy on his knees. He had all of our bills spread out that we couldn't pay because we're living by faith. And I saw him begging God and praying. I knew it was real. No one's praying. Pray for your kids. Lord, turn their heart. Lord, turn them back to you. God, do a miracle. God, help them. Lord, if they're way out there, bring them back. Make them think about us. Make them think about all the good memories. Come on, Lord, help them. God hears prayers. Not only that, but quickly this too. Sometimes we don't invest in our own. We don't invest in our own. A man was real busy one day and worked a lot of hours. He promised his son he'd take him to the circus. His son was all excited. I'm going to the circus Friday with dad. Came time to go to the circus. His boss called, said, I need you to come into work. It's real important. The wife said, what are you doing? Well, I'm talking to my boss. He wants me to come in, but I promised to take my son to the circus. She said, well, the circus will come back to town. And the dad said, but boyhood won't. Boss, I can't come in. I'm sorry. I just can't come in. Folks with kids still at home, let me just say this. Time's running out. Time is running out. I still remember the day I walked Faith, my daughter, down the aisle to get married. We were always cutting up saying stupid, uh, excuse me, unwise things. And she's halfway down the aisle and here she is all of four foot ten. And the train on her dress looked like it was 40 feet long. 
Maybe it's just 15, but it was long. It looked longer because she had it on. We got halfway down the aisle and I was walking her down the aisle. I said, Faith. She goes, what, Dad? She knew I had something sentimental to say. I said, your dress. She goes, yes. I said, it's now all the way inside the building. We just kept going. Pastor, what were you thinking about when you walked your daughter down the aisle to get married that day? I was thinking of how quick all the time went. We just had her. I thought about all the times we were going to swing on the swings at the park and we were going to have little dates and go to the mall and go out to eat and have tea and, and play and talk and play dolls. All those days were gone. It's just like that. Make the memories while you can. Have the talks while you can. Uh, do the vacations. Spend time talking. You can make all the money in the world later. You can do a lot of things later, but they're the most important thing. Amen. Quickly, I'm almost done. We're just no fun. Why do we lose the good kids? Our house is just not fun. It's like a funeral parlor. The kids, we're home from school. Do, 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 do. Just, you know, it's eerie. If you could live at our house for a week when our kids were there, when all the kids were growing up, you'd have, somehow you must have thought, the pastor is home. Everyone kneel. It's prayer time. It wasn't like that. It was a zoo. It was a zoo. It wasn't wicked, but it was a zoo. We had fun. We laughed. We cut up. We're reading the Bible one night. We were going through all of the genealogies. And I decided we're going to read the whole Bible as a family. So, so I said, and the antonyms, and the nethonyms, and the zephonyms. And our daughter Charity said, and the M&Ms. <laughs> she just figured she knew the whole Bible. I mean, that was next. Are you a fun person? I'm a New Orleans Saints fan. Many of our kids are Dallas Cowboy fans. My daughter wanted to see a Cowboy game. I said, I'll take you to a Dallas Cowboy game. When it's here. Well, all of a sudden, they're playing the Oakland Raiders. I went online. I said, all right, it's going to be an expensive date. I'll take it. And I went online. I found two second row seats in the end zone. I said, it's expensive. I'll buy them. I didn't realize when we walked in and she had on all her cowboy gear, we were in the black hole. We were in the black hole. You say, I don't know what that means. Well, for the Raiders, it's like purgatory. It's like three seats from hell. It's, it's like, it's a, I mean, all the people with all the garb and the, you know, the chains around their neck. I mean, I mean, they dress wild. We walked in. I thought I was going to be in a fight the first two minutes because they were commenting, hey, you blankety blank, cowboy. I said, hey, it's my daughter. I had no idea would be there. What a memory. What a memory. We took pictures with those guys with those, with those points off their necks and all painted up. Hey, man, we be bro We really like the Raiders, you know. We just did this a mess with you. And uh, 
a memory. We're almost out of time. I said, Pastor, you were out of time a long time ago. And I want to end with this. Why do we lose the good kids? Because we don't have devotions. We didn't hit it all the time when we were raising our kids. Usually Monday night, Tuesday night, Thursday night, Friday night, we'd open the Bible. If I was out of town, maybe we wouldn't. If we missed a night, we didn't feel like a failure, we got back at it. We'd read something and talk about it. I didn't preach. I didn't come home and say, now we're talking about submission tonight in marriage. This is what we're doing. No, I didn't do that. We told a Bible story. We talked about life. It's training time. Why? They're about to leave. You have so much time to train and uh, that's it. Coaches train. They train for driver's ed. Somebody needs to train them for life. It all starts with being saved. Accepting Christ as Savior. That's where it all starts. The sweetest thing I know about my five kids is this. My wife and I are going to spend eternity with them. I was there when every one of them prayed to receive Christ as their personal Savior. One at a time, different places, different times. Dad, I'm not saved. I would like to accept the Lord. I want to have Jesus in my heart. What a joy just to watch it happen. We want these kids to make it. Perhaps you're not a parent, but you can pray for these kids. You can be an example. Perhaps you're a grandparent. It's never too late. And I know you've got to bite your lip because you don't want to tell your kids how to raise their kids. But you can still be a great example and have a lot of wisdom to give. If you're here today and you do not know the Savior, except the Lord build the house, they labor in vain. Today would be a great day to give your heart to Christ. If you need to be baptized today, you can be baptized. If you just want to come and pray in a few moments, maybe one of the kids is on your mind. Maybe someone you're working with in a ministry here. and You'd like to pray for them. You're welcome to.